So we start recording and Mookie leaves. No, she's here. Oh. Oh. Hiding. Right here. Wonderful. Can't you see her? I do now. She was hiding a little bit oh, right my. under the border of the screen. I'll tip it down so we get a little more Moki in the shot. Hey, the fans demand more Moke. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and by hey, fans... I, I must have missed that memo from the fans. By, by fans, I mean me. I demand more Moki. Oh, yeah, Jeremy? You a fan of this podcast? Yeah, I... Have you listened to every episode? No. <laughs> Some fan you are. Yeah. Oof. All right. Oof. Why Who's don't been you... here for every episode? Me. Who's been here for every episode? Logan? Nope. I he missed, missed one. one. It's my mm. podcast now, boys. So go ahead. Moki. Take it away, Jacob. All right. Welcome one. Welcome all to the PackCast. I am your host, Jacob Wade. I'm Jeremy Van Suarez. And I'm Logan Riley Bruner. And this is Moki, my beautiful cat, who doesn't want to spend a podcast away from me so she's just gonna be in my lap for the time being her rightful domain boys oh boys do we have any housekeeping to take care of i think logan has something to say uh well yeah we've got uh as of the day that this podcast is released uh this past saturday uh jacob wade dropped an acoustic cover yeah. Uh, don't want to know, which was a song that we we worked together on. I got to film the the video for him, and he edited and came up with the concept. Uh, Jacob, you want to talk a little bit about how that came together? Yeah, I was inspired obviously by Bone Burnham's "Inside," which was uh, trending at the time that I recorded this cover. I originally recorded it as a submission for my camp's uh, cabaret performance which was happening online this year um, as part of our hybrid um, camp experience this summer and it was submitted as like an interlude a bit of an intermission piece and it was well received then and I thought why not bring it over to the Black Wolves channel so that all our fans over there could experience it as well and get to listen to me sing one of my favorite songs off of that special. So, yeah, uh, I invited Logan to join me at work during one of my breaks, and we only shot one take, and we were done. One yeah. take Jacob. One take Jake. One take Jake. All in all, it's about a minute long, so check out that whole thing on IGTV and YouTube right now. Right this second. Right now, baby. In addition to that, coming tomorrow, we have Jeremy's year two interview. Uh, very excited to get to show that off. I'm excited to see it. Uh, how did it feel getting interviewed a second year in a row? Uh, very surreal, but, you know, it was also very nice to, like, almost be in conversation with my past self. Extending advice throughout time and space. The power of the internet. Amazing. Yeah. We spent uh, the, the week filming more interviews so there are there are a couple in the in 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 the cage in the magazine in the works in the works, in the works. love that uh in production uh that are being edited right now um so keep an eye out for those i'm very happy with the second season of interviews it's been a lot of fun um, yes so i'm excited to share them it's such a fun experience like listening to where you were at a year ago and 
reflecting on it and comparing it to where you're at now it just it feels it gives you a sense of pride because mm-hmm. you've definitely like i think we've all grown so much and our experiences of the year have evolved and and we're all in just different places than we were and so much has happened collectively and individually to us it's just so interesting to uh to see how we've all changed in just a year's time yeah it's also just an amazing excuse for us to like get together with our friends and see them in person and oh, you know, just hang yeah. out have a good time to oh, be able yeah. to like hug people that i haven't seen in a year or two years is like just so nice mm-hmm. um it's really amazing super to sweet get to be back in person together safely uh back in person together it's a great um, deal um I don't think there's anything else in terms of, oh, uh, actually there's something that we haven't talked about on the podcast. Over the past two weeks, we've added two new collective members to our little our little family, uh, Tia Casmira and Addie Jenkins. Uh, we met Tia in high school and Addie in college. Uh, we've gotten the chance to collaborate with them on different projects. Jacob and I worked with Tia on Midsummer Night's Dream and Cyrano de Bergerac and Baguette's Fall of a High School Ronin when we did that uh, as its world premiere. And Throwback. Then- We've worked and with- recently she was in yes. uh, Zoom for Changes, uh, The Story by Tracy Scott Wilson, directed yeah. by none other than Christina Franklin. Which Legend. I absolutely, I loved getting to watch. And uh, we just, we all felt like Tia was a great fit for the collective. So we're really got- glad to have her. And then uh, Addie and I worked on a collective member, Soren Alf Correa's short spoken word together. Uh, and then I brought them in to do... DNA, the virtual production that we did for Zoom for Change as well. Uh, And they just felt like a great fit as well. They were just such part of the family. They're friends with a bunch of collective members and they're friends with us. And so it was just, it was a really nice marriage of of, uh, our stylings. So very excited to have them. Go check out their pages on our website. Keep an eye out for more from them coming soon. We're very excited to have the two of them uh, as members of our little family. And that's our housekeeping. That's, That's what we got. Nice and tidy. What's first on the agenda for today, boys? What shall we talk about? It's your podcast, Jacob. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've been here for every episode. All right. Well, I'll just start with a little tidbit. Uh, Logan and I got the uh, opportunity to go out to the movie theaters this past week, and we saw Venom 2 with collective member Lacey Zerlip and the collective manager, shall I say. Yeah. And uh, we had a great time at the movies. Yeah. Logan saw the sequel before he saw the original. Yeah, I started watching the original with Jacob a couple days later, and I was like, I like the sequel better. Oh, so yeah. So you did end up seeing the entire original. I saw it just like. Not the entire thing. Okay. Uh, But because I had to go home, it was late. Um, The second one was just fun. It was a fun movie. Like, I feel like the first one, just from what I saw, was serious, like, super villain origin like trying to be dark and creepy and this one was uh and i think andy circus the new director has talked about it it's kind of like the odd couple it's like this comedy about the two of them trying to figure out how to work together and like who's going to be in charge and how do they coexist uh and so i really liked that balance I, of power that's the movie yeah that i was into and so i loved it and woody harrelson's great um so i love him i want to work with him yeah, absolutely. I didn't see it, but I'm kind of upset that they took away the old wig that they had for his character. 
The old I'm curly not. wig. The <laughs> curly distinct... wig looked weird to me. It did, but just like what a distinct look. It would have gone down in history forever. I'm glad that the, whatever focus group voted change the hair because <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I, I saw the turnout. I saw the original and I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, Jacob, you've seen the original Venom, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I thought it was fun. I, I wouldn't classify it as like a great film to be rewatched for the ages, but like it was a, you know, it was a fun time. And then I had even more fun with Venom 2. Um, Let There Be Carnage. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I mean, I've been, I've been hearing some good things about it. I've been hearing some not good things about it. You know, I'll, I'll check it out eventually. There's a really cool after credits scene. So oh, I'm sure there stick is. Stick around. Oh. Stick around for after the credits. It is a Marvel movie. It is a Marvel movie. It most Wink. certainly Wink. is a Marvel Oh, boy. Movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it at some point when Jeremy's finally seen it, and we'll do, like, a quick spoiler discussion. Uh, spoiler cast! I'm nervous for what this post credit scene is. I'm nervous and excited. You're gonna love it. I know, You're and that's why I'm it. like, I'm like, Jeremy, don't look it up. Just watch it in the theaters. Just go, just see the movie. I know. I'm also hoping that it doesn't get spoiled for me on the internet as well. Yes, that's always a danger, especially with movies like this. I've seen the spoiler online. Like I've seen like an, an Instagram photo set where like the first thing is like a blurry spoiler and it says, spoiler alert, Venom, let there be carnage after scene or after credit scene. And then you got to swipe to see the scene. Don't do it. Doing that at least. Don't do yeah, it. On, on Twitter. I mean, the video might just start playing. I don't know. Twitter's yeah. a wild place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it is. Wild, wild West. Yeah. So you never know. But you know what? Hey, Twitter is the superior social media. Clearly. Stayed alive through the the six hour long break from social media that everyone was forced to take when Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp went down. This was on Wednesday. Yeah, everyone was just on Twitter and TikTok. I wasn't on TikTok that day. No, it was on work. It was on Monday. I was on Monday. Yeah, because okay. I remember I was trying to post about the Met Gala. I, and yeah, I was trying to post about the Met Opera. going around and around. Yes, the Met Opera. Yes, yes, the Met Opera. And the circle was going around and around. And I was just like, shrug. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't like too affected by it. I was like, oh, I guess maybe it's just the internet. And then I was yeah. hanging out with collective member Michael Jorge that day. So I didn't really care if Facebook and Instagram were down. And you know what? Good. You, you all need to take a break. Yeah. Social for real, y'all. Y'all are fiends. Fiend for the likes. Yeah. For the and the comments. Yeah. By the way, like and comment on this podcast. <laughs> it's never too late. It's never too late. True. It's and uh, late. make sure that you're subscribing, following us on the socials. We're doing it early today. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're hitting the halfway point. So you, <laughs> so you hear it early. Yeah, exactly. Don't tune out. Tune in. Tune in. What else has happened this week? Uh, Sora was announced in Smash. Dreams, dreams come true. Yeah, you just so gotta that's... keep hoping and manifesting and putting out those positive vibes. They said it was impossible. They said it couldn't happen. And now here we it's are. It's a crossover we didn't know we needed. And you know what? 
I'm glad oh, it's I here, and it's I don't even play. We knew we needed. I would argue that um, because one of the reasons that Sora was picked as the final DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is that he was the most requested character to be put into Smash when they did a survey for it back when Smash 4 was out. Yeah. And Sora was the number one requested character. And Nintendo didn't want to make a deal with the mouse, but sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. Sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. It's cool, you know? Disney wrote that check. Yeah, and bite the bullet they did, save for the Mickey Mouse keychain that is always affixed to Sora's Keyblade. There is absolutely no mention of Disney whatsoever. Donald and Goofy have been cut from the stage image. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it Sora. It's just Sora. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, I don't want to see Donald and Goofy fighting against Pikachu. I don't I want like that. Be hilarious. It no would, but that. I don't want that. I'm cool with just Sora. I am cool with just Sora. And he looks like a really fun character to play as. Him and Joker are my, like, they both made me very happy as DLC characters to get oh, like, yeah. five and Kingdom Hearts and Smash made me very happy. Totally. I'm excited. I will be purchasing Sora off rip. Of course you will. Of course I will. <laughs> Duh. Uh, speaking of video games, guys, did you hear about GTA? I did. I heard through the grapevine. I saw a trailer. As it looks. Yeah, so they're releasing. Oh, it's a teaser trailer. We don't get a look at the actual gameplay. Hmm. Well, they're releasing uh, what three games? It's Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City. All right. It's going to be a package deal. The definitive edition. Cool. They're upgrading some graphics, but staying true to their classic uh, gameplay. Yeah, I read that they were making it look a little cleaner, but still trying to keep that classic visual feel. And then they're also making Mm -hmm. some uh, quality of life improvements to the actual game mechanics so that it feels current and not like 20 years ago. I'm interested to see how it looks because those are some old games and they definitely look old. And, you know, a lot of video games, especially big AAA titles like Rockstar, are dealing with, like, photorealism. So I'm wondering, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, like, a uh, a remake like Final Fantasy VII or Resident Evil 2. It seems more like they're just going to put a nice coat of polish on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do anything special with it. I think it's just going to be, like, adjusted so it looks like an arcade game that was made now. I have a feeling it's going to, well, arcade game. It doesn't, those games don't feel arcadey. No, visually, I think visually. he's saying. Okay. Like yeah, I think it'll be like the um, Mario All-Stars, kind of. Yeah. Okay. I have a feeling it's going to be like that. I can see that. Um, and I wonder if like the cheat codes are still going to be in the games. I hope so. I miss cheat codes, right. man. Me too. Right? Cheat codes were fun. Cheat codes were fun. They always like, it's like you just wanted to fuck around in the game. Well, like, guess what? Yeah, you can fly. I mean, there's cheat codes in GTA 5, so I'm, you know, I shouldn't scrub it out. Oh my gosh, what a blast from the past. Throwback. Holy crap. Yeah. That's crazy to look at nowadays. I've got them all, guys. 
Wow. All the cheat codes, they're there. <gasps> oh my goodness. I know. I just got chills. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking I'm about gonna it. have to get that package deal, go through my my cheat code book and just go down the column. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, I like, do I appreciate that they're putting out a remastered trilogy of some of the greatest open world games ever to release in the 21st century? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. But do, do I want them devoting this time to old games when they could be focusing on Grand Theft Auto 6? Deadass, am I right? Why are you putting your time? And... Huh? Could be two different teams. Yeah, because the other team's working on Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah. for that game. Rockstar. What are you doing? Listen, Rockstar, <laughs> you will never catch up, nor do I want you to catch up to how many times Skyrim's been re-released, okay? You don't have to do it. You're not in competition. Skyrim's still being re-released. Yeah, it's coming out this fall for PS5 and Xbox One. No, Series X. Series X. Titling. Can we talk about GTA 6 for a second, though? Sure. Sure. So, what do you guys want to see from GTA 6? Like, what is what 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 didn't you have in GTA 5 that you want in GTA 6? I want GTA mixed with the crew. I want. Oh, I almost forgot what the crew was for a second. I want. Give us a quick reminder of what the crew is. Uh, the crew yeah. was a racing game where you could basically drive from like one end of the country to the other. The whole like appeal of it was it was a one to one recreation of the United States. All of the roads were the same. You'd be able to race across country. It didn't really live up to that hype. Um, but uh, I would love, especially with these remasters, with the amount of work that they did on GTA 4, with the amount of work they did on GTA 5, just give me a game where you put all those worlds in one map and just like let me move between them and like do heists on the open road and like just give me a fully like essentially i want gta the mmo i want gta world i want like i don't doing another city especially after los santos and like the amount of stuff that they packed into that city i don't think i don't think you can go up with another city you've done new york you've done la like sure you could do a european city if you wanted to, but I don't feel like that would be like a jump. I feel like that's just another equalizer. Yeah. Well, I feel like that'd be kind of weird because I always feel like GTA's one of GTA's biggest strengths and appeals is that it's always like satirizing American culture. It's very American, yeah. You know? So to go to like Paris, like its core audience would lose out on all the references and jokes. True. You know? True. Yeah, yeah, I mean it that's that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like GTA country. Like, let me drive between Los Santos and, uh, why am I forgetting the name of the city in four? Liberty Liberty City. City. Liberty City. Yeah, let me drive between Los Santos and Liberty City. It's a lot of Route 66, let me tell you. Give me different wanted levels in different regions of like, oh, you did a heist in this area, you're going to be five stars here for a while. And I'll go over to a different area of the map. Maybe mess around. It's kind of like, yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 style. Yeah. Uh, uh. That's cool. I've heard rumors about GTA 6. 
Uh-huh, let's hear it. I've heard rumors, such as its location will be kind of inspired by, um, oh my god, I'm like blanking out, like kind of like the Cuban islands. Okay. Kind of that. So it's going to be like building up your empire on like a South American island. Okay. Um, there will be like an active weather system. So like hurricanes and storms will have an effect on life on this island. Uh, and I've also heard that you'll be able to fly from this island to Vice City. So, so it's you like ha- so Guam going to like Guarma. Yeah, you know. I don't like I don't I don't know if it's true, but I do like the the idea of like because Grand Theft Auto 5 was like you are people always working for someone else. I would love for a GTA game where it's like you are the head of a syndicate or like an enterprise and you have to like kind of make decisions on how your business is run. I mean, I feel like even in GTA 5, you have that with like the motorcycle clubs and the nightclubs. That's online. That's online, though. You want story mode. I want story mode. I want it to be like you sided with these guys. So now this gang is going to be really mad at you, like type stuff. Like maybe maybe a little of like your decision matters and what you do actually has an effect on the world. That's we'll cool. see. I'm hoping that Rockstar starts to move in that direction. Rocksteady, Rockstar. Rockstar. Rockstar starts to move in that direction. Sorry. Rocksteady. Rocksteady is is the company that makes the Arkham. Arkham. Games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope that they look. There was a great video essay that me and Jeremy watched uh, about how. By Nakey Jakey. Shout out to Nakey Jakey. Shout out to Nakey Jakey. About not you, Jacob. kind of game design has become a little outdated. That's not to say that Rockstar games aren't good, but it is to say that like. If you create an entire world where you slam into your player's face, you matter and your story matters. And then whenever they want to make a decision that's contrary to what you want them to do, you give them a game over screen, uh, you start to have problems with dichotomy. And I started to realize that during Red Dead 2 when I was like, I don't like this character. I don't want to save him. Why am I saving him? I don't, I don't trust him. I don't think that we should rescue him. Right. Why is the only way for me to move the story forward to save this guy? Yeah, I would. I would love to see the next GTA pull a little inspiration from, uh, let's say, a game like Assassin's Creed Unity, where they give you an objective and then they're just like, go for it. Like not every not every story mission needs to be drive to this place, take the thing out of the truck, put the battery into here, kill the guy. Like maybe it's just like kill the guy. How are you going to do it? I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, it's that with Red Dead as well, is that idea of like, oh, go kill the guy at the top of the barn, but don't climb in through the window and don't snipe him from across the way. And don't do... Mm. The only way you can kill him is by sneaking inside and shooting him with this gun. It's like, okay, well, that takes yeah. a lot of the fun out of it. Give me some it? freedom. Yeah, let, me, let yeah. me figure out how to get inside. That's mostly what I want from GTA 6 as well. Like, I agree with you, Logan, that, like, I want more free-roaming worlds, like, (laughs) availability. Like, I, it always annoys me in GTA that, like, I can't open every door. I know that would be, like, so much planning and programming to do, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's what I've always wanted. I think that they should 
kind of what they did with GTA five, where they had three characters that you could go switch between. They should do that for Los Santos, Vice City, and Liberty City, where you have one Ooh. character in each of them, and, and then in contact you, with you can other. switch between them, and their their stories will intersect because you have to travel, whether it be from an airport to an airport or driving. Like you got, I feel like that would be really cool to do. Like, yeah. uh, not international, but what's the word? Um, Interconnected. You know, yeah just interstate <laughs> yeah just like yeah interstate crime it would be cool yeah i think i think just to finish off on that point uh like the idea of the first time you went from liberty city to vice city you had to do the drive but from then on you have the fast travel point mm-hmm. so if you want to so do that drive again and you want to book like, a flight or, or you yeah. want to book a flight like there are different ways to get between maps that are not just like let's drive across the country but if you want to drive across the country, then have fun. Rockstar, we're hoping out for you, friends. Give us a call. They've we got the mechanics to, to make it a really. They've got the mechanics to make it a really, really big game. They do. Yeah, and there's a lot of expectation on their shoulders. So you know, no rush, but we're ready. I will you say, Red Dead Two was a great game. Oh yes. The its map is huge and it's so incredibly detailed. I'm really looking for that kind of attention to detail on this. Just open up the freedom a little bit. Just open up the freedom. Let me make the decision. (laughs) All right. Logan, would you like to bring us through some movies? I certainly would. Uh, This is one of my favorite segments, as you all know, for me to do every week. I love getting to watch what movies are coming out this week and get to share them. Uh, We've got less than last week. Uh, The movies are kind of quieting down on that ramp up toward the Halloween weekend. We know there's going to be a lot of scary movies released this month, and we're starting off with one called Fever Dream. Uh, It's being directed and written by Claudia Yosa? Yosa? She's Peruvian. So it's a, I, it's a, yep, double L, it's a Y sound. Yosa. Uh, by Claudia Yosa, uh, based on the novel by Samantha Schweblin. Schweblin? Schweblin. Samantha Schweblin. Uh, Peruvian H. female director. Uh, the last major film that she was known for is a 2009 film called Milk of Sorrow, which was nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Academy Awards. Uh, the original novelist is an Argentinian woman. Uh, Fever Dream tells the haunting story of uh, mothers and children and families and twisty turns. It looks very psychological thriller uh, coming out on Netflix this week, so keep an eye out for that. In addition, we have The Last Duel, the Matt oh, Damon. I'm excited Driver, for this one. Ben Affleck and uh, Jodie Comer movie being directed by Ridley Scott, uh, written by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Nicole Holfencenter, uh, based on the books by Eric Yeager. Uh, Eric Yeager, sorry. Uh, the writer Nicole Holfensenner is uh, known for Enough Said and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, she is coming on board to help them out with The Last Duel. I think this looks really cool. I'm all for these like historical knights fighting. It's based on a true story. Honor, uh, women standing up for their rights. Like, let's get some feminism in our old school night movies. Let's go. Uh, I'm I'm excited. excited It looks beautiful. And I love like just the marketing, like material for it, the aesthetic of it. 
coming in with uh, another scary movie. Jeremy, I think you'll probably want to talk about this one as uh, it was part of your recommendations, or the last one was part of your recommendations this week, but we have Halloween Kills coming out. Yeah. That's actually um, why I watched the 2018 version, because I was like, maybe I want to watch this next one. I want to see yeah. what's up. It looks, it lo- the new one looks kind of like an action meets horror movie rather than a strictly horror movie. So how was the first one compared? Um, The first the one? the yeah the the reboot reboot uh the first one was pretty good you know it's kind of like very classic slasher film mike myers is going around killing people and it's not like spooky skeletons or like ghoulish ghosts it's like no this is just a brolic guy in a scary mask stabbing stabbing people you know and it's also like it's also not like a like a let's kill people in the grossest way possible. It's like no, this guy's just stabbing people, and it's kind of spooky, and it's always like ooh, you know. But it's a good one. Yeah, and it's cool because it's also a continuation from like some of the first movies in the Halloween series to come out, and there have been plenty of them. So yeah, the go Jamie Lee Curtis. Back. I love you. The new one's bringing back a lot of the old cast members. I know the. 2018 one did as well but i think this one's bringing back even more yeah um, well yeah it's a it's a direct continuation so jamie yeah. lee curtis is back pam greer is back because jamie lee curtis's daughter and then there's the daughter her granddaughter um uh you yeah. mean judy green judy green oh my god pam greer judy green playing jamie lee curtis's daughter there you go and then there's jamie lee curtis's granddaughter who's like almost our protagonist but thanks andy i got you and thanks logan um yeah i'm excited for halloween kills and we already know this is part of a trilogy with the next one halloween ends coming out within the next couple years but will halloween end will michael myers ever be taken down not as long as we keep seeing these movies there you go uh for all our sci-fi fans jeremy i'm sure you will love this one we have needle in a time stack being directed and written by john ridley based on the book by robert silverberg uh looks like time travel intermind you can relive the past and like make it the present it looks super cool and super twisty turny cynthia Rivo, leslie odom jr uh, this one looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's actually the movie I am the most excited for coming out this week. It does look uh, really cool. Yeah, we have we have a very emotional oh, looking... I'm sorry, you forgot Orlando Bloom. Oh yeah, Orlando Bloom. We can't forget the the lovely uh, Captain World Tur- Will Turner. Uh, Turner. Turner and Legolas. <laughs> uh, those are the ways that I know Orlando Bloom are Captain Will Turner and Legolas. Uh, I will cling to that forever. Uh, next up, we have a character drama, very serious looking film called Son of Monarchs, directed and written by Alexis Gambis, uh, a French and Venezuelan filmmaker. It's about a Mexican biologist who returns home to see his family and the dichotomy of the life he's built for himself versus the life that he left behind. Looks very interesting, excited about that. We have a documentary from uh, typically narrative director Todd Haynes called The Velvet Underground, which is about uh, The Velvet Underground, the band that was around during the Andy Warhol kind of period in New York. 
uh, and the kind of revolution that they helped spark in rock and roll. We have from director Joachim Trier, who uh, wrote alongside Eskil Vought, uh, the team behind Louder Than Bombs, which was a Jesse Eisenberg movie from a couple years back that was very well received. We have The Worst Person in the World. Uh, Looks very very terrible people do terrible things because they're terrible people and i am so here for those kind of movies i find them so interesting as a succession fan i'm so into bad people do bad things and we watch them fall apart so let's uh let's get it we also have uh jeremy uh, as i know i'm pretty sure you were a fan of the girl with the dragon tattoos series back in the yesteryear no you were never a girl with the dragon tattoos person interesting well, then, my mom was, at the very least. Um, we have uh, Held for Ransom being directed by Niels Arden Uplev and Anders W. Bernstein, uh, and written by Anders Thomas Jensen, based on the book by T- Puck Damsgaard. Uh, the director directed the Danish version of Girl with the Dragon Tech 2, which starred Naomi Rapace. Uh, and the book was written by a female Danish reporter uh, based on the story of when a journalist was captured by ISIS and held for ransom. Um, looks very Argo, looks very- it Does look very Argo. Drama, uh, so very interested in that. Also something that I'm super interested in from director uh, Mia Hansen-Love is Bergman Island, which that looks, one looks really be, interesting. based on my, my little bit of research into it, looks to be kind of her story, the story of her relationship with her ex-husband and her discovery of herself as kind of being not just an actress, but also a, a creator, a writer, a director. Um, very excited about this. Always love seeing uh, women, especially older women who are getting the opportunity to direct finally. Um, so support those kind of movies. Uh, and finally, we have Introducing Selma Blair, uh, which is a documentary directed by Rachel Fleet. Uh, the documentary is about Selma Blair, uh, the struggles that she had as a child actress kind of growing up in the industry, uh, being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, uh, and the struggles she had there trying to beat that disease, um, and just her outlook on life, uh, having essentially lived her entire life in the spotlight, uh, a person who has gone from childhood to adulthood being watched uh, by the world and judged, uh, and what that does to you. Um, so check out all those movies. There are even more in the description down below. Oh, yeah. Jeremy actually wants to talk about Yeah, one that, ahead, one, one that you, you kind of skipped over, but now I'm, I'm actually more interested in this movie than I was before. Uh, the Grand Duke of Corsica, starring Timothy Spall and Peter Stormare. Oh, he was in, uh, the, uh, Until Dawn. That's where yeah. I know him from. Yeah, um, he's the doctor. So the trailer presents the movie as um, this architect has to build a mausoleum for a dying billionaire. But the actual synopsis of the movie also includes uh, in 1221, a young man is set on his path to becoming St. Francis of Assisi. Separated by history, these men's lives will be forever changed by a pandemic. So it seems that there's more at play than the trailer leads on. So now I'm a lot more interested in seeing this movie. Looks funny looks um dramatic and maybe maybe a little time twisty who knows twisty turny i love it uh yeah all the movies coming out this week there's some exciting stuff some good stuff on netflix some good stuff in theaters go support your local cinema if you have uh something that's not an amc or a regal near you go support like true local cinema but if you can't then hey amc it's a great place to go they've got those dolby theaters they're really nice but from things in the future to things in the past, my friends, 
uh, what have you been consuming this week? Well, right before this podcast, I listened to James Blake's new album, Friends That Break Your Heart. Um, very good impression off of a first listen. We'll right. most definitely be putting on headphones and blasting it instead of playing it out of my speaker uh, so I can hear every little detail. Yeah, I've continued to watch Squid Game. I f- uh, finished the se- this season of Marvel's What If. Just like Logan said earlier, I watched the 2018 reboot of Halloween. Um, and I also saw Malignant on HBO. Um, very cool horror movie. Go check it out. Oh, I've also been listening to Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's Love for Sale. Tony, we love you, man. We love you, Tony. That's it for me. Oh, me? I'm next? Um, yes, our host, please. Think. Let me think. Well, I really did like Venom and Venom 2. Of course, still listening to This Is Important podcast. I am still watching The Wire. I'm on season four. And also, slowly but surely, catching up on Ted Lasso. And what if? Logan and I started rewatching uh, Dexter this past week. Uh, in preparation. Well, that's been fun. Prep, yeah. Yes. Content I've consumed. Uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Very fun. I've been playing a little bit of NBA 2K 2022. Uh, just, you know, new PS5. I got the PS5! Oh! You know. Should have put you that know, in You know, new PS5. Yeah, bro. Uh, very excited about that. It's been very fun. Um, so exploring all the little nooks and crannies of that. Still watching Dimension 20, The Unsleeping City. Uh, absolutely fallen head over heels in love with Midnight Mass. Uh, I think it's Mike Flanagan's best of the three so far. I would say, based on my watching, I'm only on episode six of uh, Midnight Mass, but I think it's Midnight Mass, uh, Haunting of Hill House, and then Haunting of Blind Manor from there. Um, so I'm very interested to hear what other people think. If you're watching Midnight Mass, no spoilers, but I'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, I think it is a fascinating show. I think the theology of the show in particular is very interesting. So. Uh, I want to. Uh, I want to keep watching. I have uh, a question. Last, yes. Do I need to watch the other two? No, they're no. all anthologies. They're not. So wait. Oh, they are they're not anthologies at all. Oh, okay. I thought there were like some connecting threads. Okay, maybe so I'll start the Midnight connecting Mass. Connecting threads are. Uh, they use the same cast. So it's like American Horror Story. Really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, his wife Kate Spiegel, I think is her last name. Let me make sure so that I don't fuck it up because i can i can tell you the actors that are in uh midnight mass that were in the other ones uh yes kate siegel was in both hill house and bly manor um rahul Kali was in yeah rahul uh annabeth gish was in bly manor alex esco was in bly manor um henry thomas was in bly manor and hill house um robert longstreet was in hill house I see, I see. Okay, maybe I'll give it a watch. It's a lot of that, like, Mike Flanagan likes using the same actors over and over and over again for good reason. They're very, very talented. Joining this uh, particular series of episodes, this anthology, this Midnight Mass, if you will, is uh, Hamish Linklater, who I have just absolutely fallen in love with as an actor. I think he's doing impeccably amazing work. Is he the main priest guy? 
he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like him too. Particular series. <laughs> he, uh, I first saw in Newsroom season two, he played Jerry. Yeah. So Watch Newsroom probably hates him. <laughs> uh, very fun show. Uh, Midnight fun. Uh, someone said to my mom when they were talking that Midnight Mass is a comedy, uh, and I just want to refute that statement. It's not. It's a very dark show. It's fun because if you like horror and psychological thrillers, then you'll have fun but it is not a comedy there is not it's funny sometimes but no 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 not a comedy um where's the jokes <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any it's all serious right. the, the the show starts with someone killing someone in a drunk driving incident that's the first scene that's that is not, not a hilarious comedy. watching dexter with jacob again very much enjoying the first season ice truck killer Ah! Um, Classic. Yeah. Other than that, just listen to music. I finally got all my hats off my record player, so I can uh, use that again. So uh, maybe I'll be turning on some tunes when the podcast finishes. How sweet. How nostalgic. Yeah. Just can't beat a can't beat the the a symphony of quackles coming from your vinyl. The, the crisp sound of a vinyl record. Awesome. Well, and with that. I'd like to thank you for listening or watching the Black Wolves podcast, a.k.a. the Packcast. And uh, tune in next week for more fun with your host, Jacob Wade. Jeremy Van Suarez. And Logan Riley Bruner. That's all we got for you, <laughs> right? There's nothing yeah. else you want to say, huh? I don't think so. Well, you're the host. Nah. You sign us off. All right. See you later, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs>